Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show that focuses on people and organizations making a difference and an impact here in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. And joining us this morning is Nicole Conway. She's the Director of Corporate Relations and Special Events for the Make-A-Wish Foundation of North Texas. Make-A-Wish North Texas. Nicole, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? I am doing great. And, you know, everybody loves Make-A-Wish. Can you tell us <laughs> about the big event that's coming up April 30th? Let's start about. Let's start off talking about Wish Night because I think it's so great and it's, it's so uh, right on time for this time of the year. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. So Wish Night Dallas is one of our largest signature events. It's a large fundraiser for us in Mm -hmm. the DFW area that's going to be taking place in a couple weeks on Saturday, April 30th at the Hilton Anatole in Dallas. I know it's a great, great uh, cause and a great, great fundraiser for you guys. One other thing is for people who don't know, let's just go back. Let's explain where Make-A-Wish came from how it started, and how you got involved. Well, we'll get about how you got involved later. But first of all, tell everybody about how Make-A-Wish first happened because it has changed so many lives. Yes, absolutely. So we are an organization that creates life-changing wishes for children battling critical illnesses. Nationally, we began as a foundation over 40 years ago, and we've been around over 40 years here in North Texas as well. So our mission here in North Texas is to create those life-changing wishes to local children. All the money that's raised in North Texas stays in North Texas and allows us to do so. So I like to say that we have the best of both worlds. We have a national office. We have a national brand um, that is tremendous support, but we operate on a real grassroots level. All of the kids that we serve are are in your neighboring towns and counties, um, and, and often there's a lot of overlap, which is, is just really cool. You know, uh, just a couple of weeks ago at a Dallas Mavericks game, a kid's wish came true, a little kid named Caleb, and Caleb um, oh. got a chance to – meet with Mark Cuban and Luka Doncic and shoot baskets. Could you Do you know anything about that particular event? Because I thought that was so heartwarming. Oh, my gosh. Some of the wishes that come in are, are truly incredible. But what's even more impressive is to see people like Mark Cuban and Luka go above and beyond to make that wish a reality for that child. Um, all we can do as a foundation is ask. 
right? Mm-hmm. Use our contacts and, and try and get put in touch with the right people. But it's it's celebrities and, and sports figures themselves that really make those wishes a reality for those kids. And we as an organization are just kind of the vessel with our supporters to try and make that happen for them. The Mavericks are a great organization. They've been a partner for a long time, and they really go above and beyond for our wish kids. So we're so, so grateful. They're fun wishes to grant and and see come true. It was really, really cool. And, again, that's just one of many. I know a lot of them on the sports level, and I've I've always been curious of how you guys sometimes make their wish come true because you mentioned that you ask. What does it take? Let's say you have a kid, and what's the age? Uh, I mean, I guess eighteen and younger, but I don't know what's what's the age limit, and and do they reach out to you with an email or or a letter, or does a hospital get in touch with you guys? Yeah, that's a great question, Chris. So the children we serve are two and a half to eighteen. They can have their wish granted up until they are twenty-one, but they have to be um, eighteen or younger at the time of referral. Mm-hmm. And um, the child can refer him or herself by calling and emailing. The parent of that child can call or email our office and refer the child, or the medical professional directly gets in touch with us um, and makes that referral. And the nice part is. We don't have a cap. We don't have an application, right, of um, number of kids we take a year, anything of the sort. If the child meets our age requirements of two and a half to 18, has never had a wish granted by Make-A-Wish or a wish-granting organization before, and is battling a critical illness, their doctor signs off and they automatically are are in our pipeline and going to get a wish from Make-A-Wish North Texas. That is fantastic. So that brings us to how did you get involved? How did you decide that this would be an organization that would be a perfect match for what you like to do in your career? (laughs) So I actually, like many of my colleagues, got started with the Make-A-Wish Foundation as a college intern. Um, Okay, you were an intern, yeah. I was, um, gosh, probably like nine years ago now. But um, I was going through school and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. What school Um, did you go to? I went to Fairfield University up in Connecticut. Okay. And you made your way to Texas. And I made my way back to Texas. Yep. But um, I knew I wanted to do something with children um, and something impactful. I didn't know what that was. And I remember having a conversation with a mentor um, on campus and just saying, I wish I could volunteer for the rest of my life. You know, I know I need to make a living, but I wish that I could um, just volunteer and and be a part of the community. And she said, have you ever thought about nonprofits? So I hopped on Google and I looked up children's nonprofits and um, certainly had heard of Make-A-Wish, but never really realized there was an opportunity for greater involvement, right, other than what I'd maybe seen on TV. So I reached out. I started as an intern in marketing and communications. And I, like, again, many of my colleagues have just never left I've been with the organization ever since. So that was back in, gosh, 2009. Wow. (laughs) Time flies. Yeah. Basically, you're saying Make-A-Wish made your wish come true. It sure did. I mean, it's such a, it's hard to even call it a job, Chris, to be honest with you. Um, Certainly, we put in real work and Mm -hmm. some long hours, but it's such a privilege what we get to do that um, it's, it's just incredible that I get to spend my days supporting families and children that are, are going through something difficult and, and have an impact, right, and get to play a role in helping either their healing process or just giving them hope, you know, while mm-hmm. they're on maybe a really difficult journey. 
I mean, it's amazing the stories about how, you know, like you say, you impact lives. So as an intern, what was one of the first things or wishes that you were a part of? And is there a story to go along with that? Oh, gosh, there are so many. Um, My favorite wish honestly changes every day um, with new kids that we get to meet and and new wishes that we get to grant. Oh, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot (laughs) when you were an intern. When you're interning, you did and you didn't know exactly what to do. And they said, "Okay, we want you to go along with us on this (laughs) particular wish. What was it like and what did you do? Because people are curious about these things. Absolutely. So it was incredible. And I still have her picture on my desk. Nice. Um, I got to be a part of granting a wish for a child who was going to be celebrating her 13th birthday. Her name was Sydney. Um, And her wish was for just a huge birthday party with all of her friends and family. Um, Fortunately, at the time and still to this day, Sydney's doing really well. But um, at the time, Sydney was just heading into remission um, after battling cancer um, all through kind of age 11 and 12. And so as she was getting ready to celebrate her 13th birthday, Make-A-Wish reached out um, and asked what she wanted to do for a wish. And she just felt like so many people had been on that journey with her that she just wanted to have a huge celebration, right? There was a time where she didn't know if she was going to see 13 and what that, what that would look like if she did. And um, she knew it had been a lot on her parents and a lot on her younger sister. Um, and certainly her extended family and community members were just praying for her with their family along the way. So she wanted to do something to, to really celebrate her 13th birthday, but celebrate everybody that had been with her. So we did a huge, huge party um, full of surprises, all of Sydney's favorites. She loves food. She wanted all different types of foods. So mm-hmm. We had different stations and everything set up. Um, there was a party for all of her middle school friends, right? They got to eat dinner and have a really classy evening with all of her family. And then it turned into just kind of a club and a dance scene afterwards um, that her and her friends could just have a ton of fun. And she still to this day just talks about what a turning point that was. Um, Again, not just for her, but for her family that was on that journey with her as well. And it just still gives me chills to this day because, um, you know, we plan birthday parties all the time. But um, to do it for children that that have not known whether they'd see that next birthday, right, or what that would look like if they did, um, just takes it to a whole new level. And Make-A-Wish really thinks outside the box and gets creative. Um, They blew it out of the park. And it was just an incredible evening, um, but so meaningful to see her turn 13 and then even as a 13-year-old have such an appreciation for, for life and the people around her. That is so amazing. And, again, that's what Make-A-Wish is all about. Can, can you talk yeah. about, um, I'm just curious, is it mostly surprises for the child or is it something that they either look forward to? I, mean, I know it might vary, but uh, the majority of them, are they like big surprises? Yeah, it definitely varies. So depending on the age of the child, I will say mm-hmm. um, some of the older older kids and the teenagers know our capacity, right? So they know that if they're wishing for something and they kind of make an ask of us, the chances that it's probably going to be able to be made happen, right? We don't tell them officially until, um, you know, we have things in place and can kind of do that reveal. For the younger kids, 
um, they just talk about what they like, right? So maybe Mickey Mouse or mm-hmm. Disney princesses, right? And they aren't sure really what we can do for that. And those those are huge surprises. But I will say I've even seen us pull off some really um, special wishes for kids that are, are older and even feel like maybe they, they know what Make-A-Wish does and what they want to ask for. Um, when that comes to mind, we actually did probably right before the pandemic hit was a car makeover for um, a teenage boy. Oh, wow. Doing his, his old truck and what he had. And, um, you know, he just wanted some new paint and a new stereo system, right? He just kind of had a couple ideas of, of ways we could spruce it up. Um, but we got together as a local partner. And again, I mean, his face when that truck was driven out of the garage and seeing that it was his, um, <laughs> You know, it's those those chill bump moments, and it's yeah. so cool to see see us pull off that surprise and and that level of shock for someone who even knew that his wish was happening, right? That his truck was being worked on. Um, I think it just blew him away the magnitude, um, certainly of of what we could do and and the capacities um, of of our organization. Really, thanks to all of our supporters, right, and people saying yes when we call. <laughs> this is what's so impressive because it's not just as as you mentioned. Some people may think of the Make a Wish because they see some celebrity or an athlete surprise a kid, but you guys do yeah. so much more than just someone bringing someone famous together with a with a child in need. It's like you said, fixing that kid's car, that high school kid's car. Can you give me any other exotic examples? When I say exotic, I mean just different than the you know just the birthday surprise. Absolutely. Um, I mean, recently, Chris, we just had a wish child um, travel to Ohio to go be reunited with her best friend who had to move away, who she hasn't seen. So sometimes I think, to your point, people think of, you know, the ESPN My Wish series, right? Yeah. And opportunities. um, And we, we do those for sure. It's in our scope of work. But Sometimes the most impactful wishes um, that I've seen take place are those simple wishes of, Mm. I want to go see my friend and be reunited and spend a week with her in Ohio where she lives now, right? Or through the pandemic, we had kids spending a lot of time at home, like Mm -hmm. many of us. They were wishing for puppies and cats and animals, right? Those furry friends. And um, we got to bring that joy, and and that's incredible too, right? Um, So sometimes those wishes really you know, can be something simple or something that people maybe just would take for granted and think is no good deal, right? But mm-hmm. we, we can make it a big deal, and it's a big deal to that child, and that's that's what's really special. Exactly, and that's what creates the hope. That w- That's what gives everybody, you know, an opportunity. It's like, wow, if this could happen, then maybe I can feel better, and maybe something could happen down the road. I love these stories. We're talking with mm-hmm. Nicole Conway. She's the director of corporate um relations and special events with Make-A-Wish North Texas. And there are so many great stories. And again, I, I consider you one of the real heroes. Like I look at, you know, first responders and, and educators because you do the little things that actually change people's lives. And there's something to be said for that. You know what I mean? It's it's one thing that we all do, whatever work we do. But I always think that you guys do the little things that people may not understand or appreciate, but you you may not even get huge money, but you get, you know, some kind of self-satisfaction knowing that you've helped other people. Am I wrong? Is that is that one of the reasons why you do what you do? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, the feeling you get from knowing you, you made a difference, right? It makes, yeah. makes things like long hours or busy work days right. totally worth it, right? <laughs> yeah, so, so okay, you brought up the pandemic, and the great news is right now, yeah. you know, the numbers are down, and it seems like the epicenters yeah. are not becoming intense, and you're, you're able to do a lot more almost like what you did in normal times before the pandemic. Can you Can you talk about the tricky part about getting the wishes to come true during the pandemic? Absolutely. Our organization, like so many, right, um, Mm -hmm. really went through kind of a a turning point and and had to really pivot to be able to continue our mission despite all of the limitations. I mean, over 60% of our wishes pre-pandemic involved a travel component of some sort. So even if it was a celebrity wish, we might have had to fly the child to California Mm -hmm. or to New York City, right, to have that wish happen. Certainly vacations and Disney and all kinds of destinations um, were just tremendously popular. And then with the pandemic hitting, we were in a place where it wasn't safe to be sending medically fragile children, right, Mm -hmm. Um, to places or in certain circumstances where um, they could be compromised and get sick. Exactly. For, for, for Put it in perspective. Yeah. You know, we always talk about, OK, preconditions and nobody really yeah. thinks about it. But that's what make a wish is dealing with children with all yeah. kinds of preconditions. Absolutely. And so we had to be really just thoughtful and careful about how we were going to proceed, but also knowing that we couldn't just pause. Right, right. The work that we were doing because these kids were still battling mm-hmm. the critical illness and going through some really difficult times, and we had to continue to bring the hope and figure out a way to do that. Right, because their treatments and and their hospital visits were not on pause just because the rest of the world was was kind of shutting down. Yeah. Right, they still yeah. needed to be going for medical visits, and we're still going through treatment, and um, you know, just having some tough days. So. We got creative working with the kids and our, our amazing volunteers that, that help us do that to think outside the box, right? If we couldn't have them travel um, and they didn't want to just kind of wait, you know, for when travel would open up again, um, we started to think about what they liked to do, what was meaningful to them, what they were doing while they were, you know, we were all kind of hunkered down in our homes mm-hmm. through COVID. And um, we saw some of those wishes really change, but almost become even more meaningful, right? They maybe had thought previously, oh gosh, Make-A-Wish is going to give me a great opportunity to go to Hawaii. And I've always wanted to go over spring break. Mm -hmm. But when we re-met with them and said, hey, Hawaii obviously can't happen right now. Um, Do you want to wait or do you want to kind of think of other ideas with us? Many of them chose to really think of other things and started realizing that, gosh, now that everybody was doing school from home and online, they really wanted a new computer or they were spending a lot of time, you know, in their bedroom and they wanted it all remade over, right? So it was a fun hangout. Um, Certainly tons of she sheds and crash shacks and man caves that we were able to build (laughs) um, with amazing partners um, to kind of put in the backyard. But the animals I referenced, right? Puppy dog wishes, mm-hmm. and, um, wishes for animals and furry friends. Did you do um, any um, celebrity uh, Zooms? We did. That's a great question, Chris, because um, I think everybody just assumed they would be off the table. But celebrities really stepped up um, nice. and were interested in still meeting with the kids and would do so on Zoom. And I think sometimes, you know, families or, or kids would say, yeah, but that's not totally, you know, maybe going to be the same, right? Just mm-hmm. a phone call. 
but it actually was even better. I mean, I can think of a celebrity um, who spent probably twice, if not three times the amount of time on Zoom as he probably would have been able to if he was on location in person, right? Um, Because their jobs are so busy and their schedules Mm -hmm. are so hectic. He played video games with a wish child of ours um, over the computer. And I mean, they spent so much time together and it was just incredible. I mean, that wish child was blown away by the one-on-one attention and the amount of time he got to really just bond and connect. And um, we saw that just as a silver lining, right? Because yeah. um, schedules were, were freeing up for the celebrities too. And um, they really put their time to good use. And we were so grateful to, to still have their support throughout the pandemic. That is amazing because, like I said, it's, it's, it's thinking outside of the box. And then you, who would have thought, oh, wait a minute, celebrities are gamers and some of the kids are gamers. And guess what? They can play Minecraft together. I mean, who knew? <laughs> That's exactly right. It's exactly right, and turned into probably an even more meaningful wish, mm-hmm. right, than um, just kind of meeting in person for, for a little bit before or after a concert, you know? Well, you know, I don't want to take you on an emotional roller coaster, but I did, <laughs> I thought it would be interesting to also point out that maybe there have been a couple of times where you just missed an opportunity. Could you talk about, because I know you don't bat a thousand. I know that you're not able to take care of every single kid, or maybe you have a plan and something didn't didn't go right. In other words, the child got sicker or didn't make it. I, I know those those things happen too, and that's why it's so important to have partners to help out. Absolutely. No, it is, it is the harsh reality, right, of the children we serve and the population that we work with. Fortunately, with modern medicine, right, the mm-hmm. majority of our kids are, are doing really well. Um, but there is always a percentage um, of kids that, you know, we, we maybe aren't able to, to grant their wish or reach them um, prior to end of life. But we work really hard to keep that number very small and have some close relationships with medical professionals mm-hmm. to be able to do something for them. But I think um, it's so important. And, and what I try to relay to supporters sometimes is we're only able to grant wishes for the funds that we have, right? So yeah. the significance of these partnerships and, and support um, allow us to grant more wishes. And we get new referrals every day. So as that number and pipeline continues to grow, our supporters and our need for support has never been greater, right? Um, Certainly, I mean, things can turn on a dime. We call Mm -hmm. them rush wishes um, in our line of work. And we can make a wish happen, um, you know, in a matter of hours if we need to. But um, thanks to support and, and some really great relationships, Oftentimes, we are able to do something before the child um, maybe potentially passes or, or has mm-hmm. end-of-life care. But, um, again, it's it's just critical that, that we get the funds we need and the support that we do to be able to make that happen. Um, this year, we're, we're hoping to grant over 400 wishes, and that's just to North Texas kids. But we have a 1,000 kids still waiting. So um, it's just it's it's never-ending, right? We Some of us yeah. will sometimes say – it would be a good thing the day that we're out of a job, right? And make a wish is no longer needed. But as long as these kids are getting sick and, and going through some really difficult times, we need to be able to support them. And, and I think that's, that's certainly what drives us and, and gratefully so many of our supporters as well. Nicole, I'm so glad to, to learn all of this because 
part of it, what crosses your mind sometimes is, what if they plan something and it's just about ready, but it's too late? And I like the fact that there is a category called rush rush wishes. And I can mm-hmm. see how you guys, again, you've you've been doing this stuff for so many years. You can you can execute as quickly as possible if it comes down to that. We absolutely can. We absolutely can. And those always take priority, right? Um, if we know medical circumstances change mm-hmm. and we get a call from, from a doctor or nurse to know that, um, our team will pivot really quick. And I've, I've seen, I've seen our amazing wish managers, um, you know, not be able to maybe to send a child to Disney because they were just too medically fragile at that point and things had changed, circumstances had changed, but they brought Disney to that child. Right. Um, and it's just amazing what we can kind of do and how creative the team can get to make sure that we do something for that family and that child to, to make sure that they have those special memories together. To show how creative you are, you, we were t- talking about the pandemic and thinking outside of the box and, and being more creative as far as making some wishes come true. I guess that's added to your repertoire now. You, you're able to mix and match now. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, literally, it's like, okay, if we can't get the child there, we can do a Zoom. Or if we can't do this, we can do that because we've done this over the last two years. Exactly. Yeah, I think where where we were nervous at first of how are we going to continue and continue to fulfill our mission, right? Um, Mm -hmm. We've actually, we're coming out of COVID with, um, as you said, a whole new skill set and repertoire for being able to meet these kids where they are and, um, you know, get even more creative than we thought was possible with granting wishes and and still bringing that hope, no matter the limitations, right? Whether it's um, due to the child's medical circumstances or just um, where the family's at. So let's talk about wish night again, because I don't know how many wish nights you've had since the pandemic started. This will be our first wish night. That's what I was thinking. Yes, we have not had um, a wish night gala since, 2019. So our team is so excited to be back. Our families and wish alumni ambassadors are so excited to be back. Um, it's going to be a really great evening celebrating wishes come true and, and talking about wishes that are waiting and, and how people can get involved in supporting those. Plus, you're actually getting together with people you probably haven't seen in a while, some of your partners, some of the supporters, the volunteers. It's a salute to the volunteers as well because at some point, you know, it's it's one thing that you take personal satisfaction, but it's always just nice to get together and and talk about different things that everybody's been doing and and getting the hugs nowadays again, the whole nine yards, right? You're absolutely right, and I think for so many of our supporters and volunteers getting to see the kids and the families back in person is what it's all about. Yes. Right. They've, they've been supporting regardless, even when they haven't been able to be seeing them in person. But the cool part about our mission is, is how tangible it is. You know, you can meet the families that we serve and hear those stories directly from the wish kids um, that come to these events and, and love sharing the impact a wish had on them. So it just, it always makes for an incredible evening, and we are so grateful um, to be in a place where we can be back in person this year. Okay, so it's at the end of the month. Is there anything anyone can do uh, to help out on the, the event itself, whether it's volunteer, a partner, or silent auction, live auction items? Is it too late? Absolutely, it is not too late. We've got three weeks to go. The event is Saturday, April 30th. 
We are always looking for volunteers. We are still looking for sponsors. Um, and we still have room for a couple more attendees. So people can buy tickets, find out about volunteer sponsorship opportunities on our website, which is wishnight.org. Um, all of the information lives there in any capacity that you want to support or get involved. We're absolutely still looking for auction items. We have some great packages put together, but um, we'll never say no to, to more and could always use even more additional support. Um, more money raised means more wishes granted for us. It's plain and simple. <laughs> I've got a naive question. It seems like a natural fit. Now you tell me if it's, I bet it's been on there for years on some of the, um, live auction or silent auction items is there like a wish for some certain kids in other words people can bid and take care of some kids absolutely it's i should have really, known <laughs> it's a really incredible part of the evening yeah um, we call it fun to wish and it's it's a portion of our live auction where um we just ask supporters in the audience to to raise their paddle and and all of that money goes directly towards wishes. So it's a tax write-off and a, a pure donation from their end. And it, it definitely goes directly to supporting wish kids. Um, and again, it's right here in North Texas, right? So the children that they are supporting are in their own backyards and are in their communities. Um, and I, I think that's even the most meaningful. Nicole, I really enjoyed our conversation talking about Make-A-Wish North Texas so. and Wish Night. Oh. We've got to do this again real soon, maybe in the next couple of months Absolutely. in the fall. Absolutely. We would love that. I appreciate you giving us the opportunity to share a little bit more about the amazing work we do. And I'm thankful to have you as a partner and supporter, Chris. For sure. That's Nicole Conway. She's the Director of Corporate Relations and Special Events with Make-A-Wish North Texas. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. And joining us right now is the communications coordinator with Uplift Education, Kimberly Esparza. How are you doing, Kimberly? Good, Chris. How are you? I am so glad to have you on this morning, and you've got a special guest with you. Her name is Teresa Rodriguez. We're going to visit with her in just a little while, too. But first of all, you know I'm one of the biggest fans you have of Uplift Education. 
I really am. Yes, yes. We sure do know that here. And we are so happy to have you as a fan. Yes, because all I'm saying is I was blown away. I visited your Irving location, and the campus was absolutely amazing. The kids were phenomenal. For those who don't know, Uplift Education is the largest free public charter school network in all of North Texas. And you guys were started, what, in 1996? Um, We started about 25 years ago. Yeah. And now you've got like 21,000-plus scholars in pre-K all the way through 12th grade on 21 different campuses around DFW. That is absolutely amazing. Can you talk about what the goal was when Uplift Education first started? Yes, of course. You know, our goal was to be able to provide a free, high-quality education for scholars in any area, um, no matter their situation or circumstance. Yeah. And so we pride ourselves in being able to do that here. It's regardless of any ethnic or socioeconomic backgrounds. And the most amazing part about it to me is that you've got 100% student graduation and they all enroll in college. Yes, they do. That is one of our main goals every year to be able to provide college readiness for our scholars and make sure that we get them to the next part of their life, whether that's college or career. But we always usually get 100% college acceptance. Now, how are you able to get the kids to focus? Because I was always impressed with, they were just like sharp. They was just sharp as tacks. And how did, how do you, you know, overall, because I know there's a formula or at least a game plan, a, a, a blueprint on how, you know, Uplift educates kids who may not be focused because they don't have the perfect lifestyle. You know, they're not the kids from the suburbs. You know, all of our kids are very much talented. They all have so many great skills, and we just help bring that out in them. Mm-hmm. You know, we have caring and dedicated teachers across the network that really focus on meeting, you know, the child where they are, wherever their education is. We meet them there, and we help them prepare for the future, starting from you know, K through 12, and that's just really what it is, is being able to bring that attention to the child and what their needs are. So Uplift is a nonprofit, and yet the education is free. It's the largest free public charter school in North Texas. How do you pull that off? you got to have partners and volunteers and the whole nine yards, right? Absolutely. So, you know, we're able to connect with, so many different organizations and partnerships that help provide, you know, a well-rounded education for our scholars with, you know, after-school care and activities and all that. But another great thing that we're able to do is really partner with our families Mm -hmm. to be able to create those connections, to be able to bring the families in and for them to really see what's happening, but also to be able to share what they want their children to be doing or what, how they foresee their child's future so that we can help them get there. So, Really partnering with our parents, who are also really great volunteers to our campuses, really helps us out. You know, Kimberly, I think you just hit on the number one thing. If the family doesn't believe in the school, how can the kids expect to work hard and do what they need to do? So I guess you just have to pass the test with the families first. You know, absolutely, because you are going to go on this journey together. Mm -hmm. It's super important to be able to create those you know, those good relationships and be able to know that we're here not only to help, you know, your child in their educational needs, but, you know, do they need shots? 
Do they need therapy? Do they need, you know, food or anything like that? We are here to support them in every step of the way and everything for their child. So you mentioned pre-K. Let's just go back. When the school first started, how many grades did it have? And I, like I said, there's 21 campuses now. Was it always pre-K all the way to senior year, 12th grade? No, you know, we started with a couple, um, you know, grade levels, and then we built out uh-huh. as we went along. And that's kind of how all of our schools are whenever we build a new school. We build out so that way, you know, kids can start and build those traditions at school and build that culture and that relationship with, you know, parents and students and the community around us. And you mentioned the community around them. I, I guess there's a lot of educators, a lot of the teachers. I always call you guys the real heroes, the educators, because especially through this pandemic, I mean, between hospital workers, first responders, the educators are so important because it hasn't been normal for kids to, you know, a lot of them working at home and, and Zoom and and the educators to, to reach out to the kids has been kind of tough. So can you talk about in the communities um how tough it had been. I mean, I know we're on the backside of the the pandemic, but we're still kind of going through some things. Can you talk about how you guys were able to bridge the gap to keep the kids engaged? Absolutely. You know, we really, like I said, connected with our families to really know, you know, how, what's the best way for us to communicate with them? What's the best way for us to engage with their children and Mm -hmm. what's working and what's not working? Because with this pandemic and you know, our educators giving their all during this tough time, it was important for us to receive feedback and to really adjust to whatever the needs were at that time for the community. You know, the pandemic uh, brought so many different changes, not just, you know, the pivot of online learning, but, you know, you had many, you know, families, you know, losing jobs, right? you know, and so many things. So we had to definitely be able to meet them where they were, which is our overall goal in anything is to be able to meet our families where they are and be able to really connect and engage with them the best way possible. Could you talk about some of the um, different areas of town? And again, you got campuses all over Dallas-Fort Worth, but I know um, not every household has Wi-Fi. And so I'm sure there were challenges along the way with making sure that the kids even had the opportunity to work online with their teachers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we immediately pivot into being able to provide that resource for them by providing laptops for every scholar in the network that needed to be online, as well as providing hotspots um, from Mm -hmm. our own, you know, our own things that we have here at Uplift to be able to make sure that they were online and they had that Wi-Fi. Um, And then we looked for resources. You know, we partnered with, the community and, you know, Dallas did a great job in being able to really quickly let families know and Dallas residents know that there are so many resources out there that we're helping out during that time so that kids can stay online and can continue their learning. We're talking with Kimberly Esparza. She is the, the communications coordinator with Uplift Education, one of the finest free in fact, the largest free public charter network in North Texas. And I'm just absolutely amazed at not only the growth of of, of the schools, but, but the fact that they're all graduating and they're all going off to college. And I understand the current goal for the school is to get, oh, maybe 70% of them to graduate from college within six years. That's a tall order, but I think they're prepared. Absolutely. Absolutely. We 
dedicate our time to make sure that our children that graduate, our scholars that graduate from Uplift are ready to take on any career path or any goal or any school challenge that they might foresee. And another cool thing about here at Uplift is once they graduate, we don't just say, you know, good luck and, you know, you're out the door. We continue to follow them. We have a dedicated support staff that follows them through college um, and is there for them, whatever college are, either they leave far away or they're here in town. Uh, We have someone dedicated to their support if they ever need anything. And we are dedicated to their success. You know what's impressive and amazing? It's kind of like our grandparents used to always talk about how they could go back to their elementary school or their high school and still see their teachers or the principals. It's almost like you guys have brought that full circle because the human interaction is so important, and I think that makes people, not only the educators feel good about you know seeing their students do so well, but it makes the students feel so well to say to their teachers, look what you taught me. Yep, and you know, we're an Uplift family here. We, family. we are truly a family here, and we know each other. We get to know each other, you know, especially having that parent involvement. It really helps us create this great feeling of family, and them coming back is honestly a lot on their own, wanting to come back and wanting to help the next generation. So let me try to figure this out because I'm, 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 I've, like I said, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've been out to the Irving campus and the school is just absolutely amazing. And I just really am impressed with all the teachers and the principals and, and all the educators there. But I, I just kind of noticed, it seems like the kids who go to the, to the uplift schools, it's like their brothers and sisters also go or the word spreads in the family and their cousins might go or their nephews or their nieces might go. Can you talk about the word of mouth factor? Absolutely. So, you know, our families, not only we've, you know, not only just bring, you know, one child, they bring all their children and we have educated, you know, generations of families and it's really special to see. And it's really special to be able to watch them all grow into these great, you know, just humans and people overall. And so our word of mouth is, is really big here at Uplift just because, like I said, we're very much like a family. So you really get that family feel. You know, when you find something good and you know it works, you want to tell somebody and they keep it keeps going and going. And another cool thing about Uplift is, you know, we are an application-based school. We mm-hmm. run on a lottery to give everybody the equal opportunity to be able to, you know, get a seat here at Uplift. Sure. But if you have a sibling and you want to apply – there's definitely a sibling lottery that really helps make sure that we keep families together oh, in good. the same line of education. Oh, good. Now, there's an upcoming event, SDD. What does SDD stand for, and why are you guys hosting this then? Yeah, of course. So we have Senior Decision Day coming up, and let me tell you, it is one of the most epic and huge celebrations that we do. It's something that we look forward to every single year it's just an event that provides our uplift seniors with the opportunity to announce their college and career plans to their family members to Ah. their friends to their classmates everybody in attendance it's it's a high energy event for sure this is almost like when athletes get a scholarship offer and they have a big day at the different schools and they announce where they're going to go and it's like a celebration i love it for the scholars Yes, you know, our scholars apply to many schools, and they honestly do receive many um, acceptances to universities or to colleges, and they 
have, you know, a choice. They have a choice to choose what is their best match school for them that we help them figure out which one is their best match school. And then during this event, like I said, it's a high energy event. They definitely get to shout out, you know, which hmm. school they decided to go with. And it just this just shows their hard work, their focus and dedication that they've been giving all the years that they've been there at Uplift. This is just what people is so amazing. 100% of your students graduate and 100% of them have always been offered scholarships to colleges. And so it's just a matter of which choice. In other words, your kids are highly sought after, right? Absolutely. You know, we we make sure that, you know, that universities that mm-hmm. we partner with and that we go out and talk to, they know that our scholars are here. They're ready to take the next step and they're ready to, you know, start that college journey. Now, you mentioned SDD. You happen to have with you somebody we want to talk to very badly. We want to talk to Teresa. Teresa Rodriguez is from the class of 2012, and she's going to be able to tell us about her uplift of education and experience. Can we talk to Teresa? Absolutely. I'm super excited to, to have Teresa here with me today. Hi, Teresa. We're so glad you could join us this morning. And I mean, first of all, we're proud of you. But I would love for you to share your story with Uplift uh, and how it's impacted your education. Can you start with how old were you when you first started going to Uplift? And I know you're already off to college. Yes. Or actually, you're you're past college. You're back. You're an alumni. Yes, I'm an alumni. Uh, Yeah, so I started with Uplift my freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was a... Yeah, the second I was the second class to graduate from Uplift Williams, so we were pretty small. Um, it was definitely life changing, I would say, just because I never was part of a network like Uplift. Um, and when I started at Uplift, they they were really about uh, focusing on college readiness, which mm-hmm. was something that me and my family were not. Um, we never really thought of that. Um, until we came to Uplift, and they were really motivating. Um, and for me, coming from a low-income family, as well as um, being the first in my family to really even think about college, it was something that I never um, really experienced until I came here and had a really great support system with our Rosa College counselors, as well as our teachers. So. It was a great experience, I would say. Okay, so when you first got there, all of a sudden your eyes opened up and you said, wow, I've got a whole new world here and I can. In other words, it it allowed you to make your dreams come true and, and allowed you to be motivated like, I can do this. Yes, definitely. I, I feel like if I, if I would have been somewhere else, definitely it, it would be a different story. But because I came to Uplift, um, it definitely changed my life. Okay, so let's go to your senior year. When you were a senior, what was it like that last year at Uplift, knowing that the future was in front of you and you had different colleges reaching out to you, trying to offer you scholarships, you had all these choices to make? In other words, compare what your senior year was like and what maybe some of the seniors are dealing with this year. Yes. So usually um, your senior year, you're applying to universities, doing SAT prep and um, just getting ready to figure out what your next journey will be. Um, I know when I was a senior, um, 10 years ago, actually. Mm -hmm. um, Time flies. Yeah, it really does. Um, I I remember where I was, like, trying to figure out what my next step was. 
Um, like I mentioned before, no one in my family had ever gone to college or even thought about going to college. So for me, having that experience was new and as well for my parents. So it was something that we were all going through at the same time. But we had our college counselors to always be in there. When we had our financial aid award letters, they were always there um, letting us know how it worked because, like I said, we were so new to just everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also what the seniors are currently going through, um, getting their financial aid letters, getting their acceptance letters, um, and then just supporting them. Um, and then also supporting the families because um, it's it's something new and um, we definitely want to get them the best. Um, we we want to just support them in, in whatever they decide to. Um, so that that was my experience, and that's what we see our seniors currently doing. And for our senior decision, they will get to see what they've um, they decided on. Can you talk about what senior decision day was like? Because I know it's exciting. You probably had in the back of your mind what you wanted to do, but when everybody announced their decisions, what was that like? And kind of set the stage of what happens that particular day at school from the time you get there to the time you make the the announcement to the time you go home um it was it was really exciting um at that time i think it was the second year that uplift had um done something like that mm-hmm. uh which it was super exciting it was uh pretty small so uh we we did start pretty small but it was exciting to see other classmates from eighth grade, ninth grade to just everyone being there to supporting us. Okay, so let's and paint then, the picture. Let's paint the picture. So you woke up that morning. I know you're excited. And then yeah. what did you do when you first arrived at school? And what time did the ceremony happen? And you just mentioned all the different classes were there. Yeah, so we woke. I woke up, went to class, um, got on a bus with all my classmates, uh, super excited excited of like what are we gonna how are we gonna do this what are we gonna say let's not forget what we're supposed to be saying by the way Um, did you know where you were going already or were you waiting to the last minute and how many people knew ahead of time so for the most part we we tend to uh, know what we were what we're gonna where we're gonna go at that time Mm -hmm. um but you know like last minute things always change um i um mentioned a different school that I ended up going to, but I think for the most part, our, all my classmates kind of knew where they were going. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were all excited um, because at that time we had applied to, let's, for me, I applied about uh, 12 universities. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, I got accepted. So it was a tough choice trying to figure out um, what school to announce to everyone. Um and I know everyone else also had that where we were applying to multiple schools um, and then just trying to figure out what sure. our final choice was going to be. Um, so just like figuring that out as well, it was um, it was pretty interesting. Um, so we, <laughs> <laughs> I bet yeah, it was so, so exciting. We, yes, it was. It was I really bet it was exciting. a little stressful, too. Oh, yeah, most definitely stressful. <laughs> So once you guys made the announcement, everybody's in there cheering and applauding, then what happened next? Was there any kind of reception or did you go back to a class or did you jump back on the bus? Just talk about what happened later that day. Yes. So at that, um, 
I think it was hosted at SMU. So mm-hmm. they, they had uh, the gym. So we were all in the gym, um, all the campuses. I think at that time we were about five campuses. Um, and we were just talking to each other. I was meeting new um, people from different campuses where we were like, oh, where are you going? Um, and then just um, networking with them to see what campuses, what uh, universities or colleges they were going to as well. Mm-hmm. So it was just mostly like chatting, um, talking about our futures. And then we all have to and then we all had to line up in alphabetical order. Um, and I think that's when like nerves started to kick in where we're like, <laughs> OK, this is this is getting real. Yeah. Um, so we all start lining up and then. We go out um, into the arena, and it gets real at that point. We're like, oh, this is happening, um, <laughs> which it can definitely get nerve-wracking just because so many people are looking at you, cheering for you. So it was definitely an experience. Um, and then we all sat down, um, and I was thankfully I was next to my best friend at that time. And we were just talking and just having a good time. The music was all loud and we had performers. We had just so many people celebrating us and our success. Uh, And it meant a lot, especially being a senior after having to apply to so many schools, going through so many SAT preps and just like everything. And finally um, being able to see our hard work. That's amazing. You're painting just great pictures of Senior Decision Day for Uplift Education. So you mentioned that you had decided on one school that day, but you wound up going to another school. What school did you say and what school did you wind up going to and how did that happen? Yeah, so at that time, um, I had mentioned I was going to Texas A&M Kingsville, okay. um, which that was eight hours away, and my parents weren't too um, happy about that just because it was way too far. Um, they didn't want so, their baby leaving them. <laughs> no, they did not want me to leave, uh, especially being the first in the family to go to college. They were like, no, um, hopefully you can stay closer. So so after I your mom up- passed out and woke up again and you talked to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, so what, what made you change your, I mean, that changed your mind, but where did you wind up going? So I ended up going to Texas A&M University Commerce in East Texas, which that oh, was okay. an, hour, an hour away. Yeah, up here in North Texas, yeah. Yeah. So I ended up going there just because of their financial aid letter and also being close to home and mm-hmm. my parents being okay for me uh, to leave and uh, be on campus. So it was just a better experience for me. Now, yeah, that, and it all worked out. I'm sure you graduated, or did you graduate? Yeah, so I graduated in 2016 with my bachelor's in psychology and my master's in counseling in 2018. And, yeah, now I work for Uplift as an alumni ca- uh, success counselor. Whoa, 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 let's just slow down a minute. You just slid that in. You got your master's degree. I did, yes. (laughs) That is so impressive. I know that when you first went to Uplift Education, you expanded your circle of friends because you probably already had some friends and some of your friends, not all of your friends got to go to Uplift. So you expanded your your group of friends. Could you talk about how that was also a part of your growth? 
Yes, um, I I definitely grew a lot um, just because I, I'm not going to lie, at the beginning I was kind of upset at my parents for um, bringing me to mm-hmm. a network that I had no idea of, like the students there or yeah. anything like that because it was just so new. Um, so just having my my mom putting me into a different school um, and having to start from the start again of making new friends and just um, I was a little upset but I think at the end everyone was really nice and the school really was um, able to get us to connect um, and they took a whole week just for us building those connections with um, other classmates so I think that worked out um, but yeah, it was it was tough, and having my other uh, quote unquote friends not being with me, and having me uh, going through all this uh, with SAT and like really having us do college, being college ready, um, it was tough because uh, we had a lot of homework every single day. Um, so it was tough being able to even hang out with my um, old cl- old friends mm-hmm. um, that um, I was able to have new friends where we were able to collaborate with homework. We were able to do projects together um, and really build those uh, relationships and memories. That is so fantastic. Again, you just ex- you just expanded your circle of friends and you're able to learn more and it actually made you a, a better person. So can you talk about how you chose to go back to Uplift? I mean, you've got your master's degree. You could have gone anywhere in the country. <laughs> yes, um, which I actually get that question a lot from our current students, too. Uh, but I also, the, reason, the main reason I decided to come back to Uplift is because I, I believe in their mission of empowering students to reach their highest potential, um, whether if that's going to college, going into the workforce or the military. Mm-hmm. And just also being able to represent our Latinx community, uh, being a first gen, and then also coming from a low income uh, family, I can definitely relate to our students. Um, so now being able to support uh, our scholars, our alumni, families in their journeys, uh, because it is tough um, trying to navigate college on mm-hmm. its own. So just having that um, and just supporting them in, in whatever they might need. Exactly, it's including the upcoming Senior Decision Day as they kind of sort through some of the different colleges they are trying to woo them and offer them scholarships, right? Because you've been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. And so is there any advice you want to tell any of the kids or parents who might be listening right now uh, on how they might want to apply or, or get involved in the lottery to get a chance to go to Uplift ed- Education and why they should not necessarily fear the possibilities of growth yes so i would i would honestly just say that take take the risk um sometimes you just never know what you're you're going to get yourself into and that's i think that's the mindset that my parents had that i had when applying to universities and um you just never know what's out there until you try or so if you if you definitely are looking into the future, um, I think Uplift does a great job in just supporting um, your plans in the future and just bringing new ideas that you might have never imagined or uh, thought of. Um, for example, me, I never imagined going to college, but yeah. now I'm here with two degrees and working for Uplift. So um, 
as mentioned, you just never know. And I think families, um, this is just a great opportunity for your child to experience. Um, I've been part of different districts, and I definitely see where Uplift, um, it's de- definitely different from other from other districts. Um, and I am grateful now that my mom took that risk and she put me into uh, coming to Uplift. And now my, I feel like my life has definitely changed. And I am grateful for that opportunity that I had. And we're just so grateful that you could join us on the show to tell your story because there's so many kids who either want to be like you or, or, or have, the, have a life that's been led like yours, and they like to share the stories of success. So, again, thank you for joining us, Teresa. Teresa Rodriguez, who's now back with Uplift Education. Let's talk again to uh, Kimberly. Thank you, Teresa. Teresa is amazing, isn't she? Teresa is absolutely amazing. She's she's one of your greatest success stories. And and can you talk about how Uplift is connecting with all of the scholarships? All right, now, excuse me. Yes, she's truly amazing. And can you talk a bit about how Uplift is connecting with all of the scholars throughout this entire process and how you're able to do this? Yeah, absolutely. You know, our goal is to always stay connected with our scholars no matter where they are, whether they're in our schools or out of our schools. And we're able to do this because we have created a road to college and career program here at Uplift, which has dedicated staff at every single one of our schools that their sole purpose and goal is to get our kids into college or to take the journey that they're looking to take and support them along the way. I love the way you match it up to the scholars and the, and the scholars family. And again, back in the day used to say, well, Certain high schools or certain, um, you know, private schools or different schools had pipelines to these different colleges and universities. You guys basically have a database, right? You can you just go through what it takes and you just match it up. So it's it's pretty much a perfect fit. Absolutely. That's the best way to do it so that we know that every single person that's, you know, on their road is going to succeed. It's just that simple. Is there anything else you want to pass along to everybody who's listening this morning? Yes. So, you know, we have the Senior Decision Day, and mm-hmm. you can actually watch live with us on YouTube. If you just search Uplift Education on YouTube, oh, great. you can always watch live if you actually want to see kind of what it looks like. We take you in and, and show you all the behind the scenes and the whole event. And we also would like to invite any family who's interested in Uplift or just wants to, just knows already they want to join our Uplift family to apply to our Uplift schools. Like I said, we have a lottery system, so it's always a good chance that you might be able to have a seat at one of our Uplift schools in DFW, and you can do that by visiting our webpage at upliftseducation.org forward slash apply. That's Kimberly Esparza. She is the communications coordinator with Uplift Education. I'm Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan, and thanking you all for joining us. Tune in next week as we focus on other organizations doing great things in our community right here on Better Living. So long, everybody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.